This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today with another episode. Today, I've got a new guest for us. He's based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, grew up in the real estate business, focuses now on mobile home parks, an owner-operator. Uh, he's getting involved in syndication as well. Please help me welcome my guest, Purva Shaw. Well, Purva, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for it. I appreciate uh, being here. Yeah, man. Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself for some of our audience may not know who you are. Tell us kind of a little of your background and how you got into MHP. Sure, sure. So a uh, quick background. I, I grew like like you said, I grew up around real estate. Um, we started in the office space, uh, uh, basically doing office to, to luxury condo conversions. So did a few projects, um, you know, growing up and then thought that was great. But one to when I moved down to Raleigh, North Carolina, wanted to separate myself from, from the family business and um, started like many other investors, uh, started flipping houses, uh, single family houses, started wholesaling them, started building up that capital stack. Um, you know, coming out of school, coming out of college, didn't, didn't really have much. Um, so, so that was a really great way to transition into um, what we do now, which is mobile home park investing, as well as that multifamily uh, apartment complex investing. Great. So tell, tell me what you, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm biased. I like, I like the multifamily, I like the mobile home park. What got you into this space other than maybe scaling up? What do you, what do you like best about MHP compared to some of these other asset classes you've been involved in? The returns hands down. So to, to jump into that a little bit more, I'll, I'll start with my first deal in mobile home park investing, right? So it, it was just, it's a very creative industry compared to, you know, apartment complexes and, and you know, the, the more institutional style investing, which I'm sure, you know, mobile home parks are going towards that. Sure. Um, but with, with my first deal, it was, it was a mom and pop owner out of, uh, out of, out of Michigan. Um, my buddy who, who uh, was investing in uh, single families together, uh, him and I started the business together. And then he said, Hey, why aren't you, um, you know, we, we had, there's a, he found a deal in Michigan. He said, okay, there's a, uh, it's, it's, it's 550,000 purchase price. I think it was 63 lots. Um, but the seller will finance it. it was so, so they'll, they'll hold back basically the, the note and it was like 10% down. And I, when I saw that, I was like, Whoa, you know, how, how does that even make sense? Right? Like that's, it's not, that's not a normal thing. If you, if you were to do that on a, on a, on a true apartment building. Um, so it just worked out really well. You know, we, we went through the deal. We, we, there was, you know, some deferred maintenance and things that just weren't working out, um, with the seller. Or, uh, and, and so when we, when we went in, we added our value, we operated pretty well, um, cut down some of the expenses that just didn't make sense. Um, and then, um, you know, basically, basically flipped the, the property in about three years. So, uh, for, for us, it was, uh, all in basically 550,000 and, uh, basically sold it for about 1.6. So nice. $1.1 million uh, profit there, which, which was uh, what really got that hook, uh, especially on that mobile home park investing side of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Mobile home parks, they're, they're a rare breed that you can you can have massive gains of value due to 
you know, basic operational efficiencies of increasing rents, decreasing expenses, obviously operational um, efficiencies are one thing, but another one is infill, right? You can, you can increase the number of lots and then, you know, just, you can buy it at a reasonable cap rate and sell, sell it at a less reasonable cap rate and there's a spread there. So um, exactly. I used to do duplexes and, you know, we just had a couple of good transactions here this quarter and my dad, who's my business partner, he just looked at me, he goes, well, how many dozens of duplexes would we have needed for that one mobile home park? It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, like I don't know, hundred. I mean, it's just like, you know, and I'm nothing against single family duplexes and that's how you got to get started a lot of times based on where you're at financially. But, but man, MHP is just something special as far as the way to make it work. Yeah. I mean, especially in the market we're in right now, right. I mean, we're, we're seeing uh, class C and class B apartments, even class A, right. There, there, there's folks that just can't afford to pay and, and what I'm seeing on the mobile home parks out of it is it's more recession resilient, right? And and continuing down that path of investing and, and folks are always going to need a place to live. Um, for, for us, our business strategy is, is try to have everything tenant-owned homes, but, you know, sure. certain markets that, that, of course, that doesn't work out. Um, and, and we have that mixture of tenant-owned and park-owned homes, but then we try to convert those into, you know, rent-to-own programs or um, some sort of other, other way to help lower that expense ratio because you know at the end of the day a mobile home is still considered personal you know personal property depreciating asset right yeah and not, irrespective of even the asset depreciation or appreciation the challenge with the park owned homes is financing it's hard to get it's hard to get good debt on personal property and then it's hard to get good debt on land if you own too much personal property on it so i'm in the process of a, a fannie mae refi right now and i've got to get my park on home count. I got, I got five more houses to move and I've got to sell four out of the five. I can't lease them because it's going to, otherwise I'm on too high accounts. So it's okay. I know how to do that. It'll just make it work. But um, it's, it's definitely a factor when it comes to financing. And as, as you know, with all real estate um, debt and leverage is key to getting the, the outsized returns relative to you know, wall street or a lot of other uh, asset classes. Sure. Sure. Exactly. So what, what tips and what tips and tricks have you learned that you can share with us? And maybe you've got any horror stories as well. You told us kind of how you, how you found the industry, why you like it, but um, what are you doing that sets you apart or what have you done that you wish you wouldn't do and you want to again? Sure. Sure. So operations has been uh, the, the core competency for our, for our team. Um, just a real quick introduction for my team. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're Jay's properties uh, um, LLC and basically what we have kind of, uh, I guess the, the core values is operations of, you know, taking value add properties, properties that just aren't, aren't working for the seller or, or losing money, you know, starting day one, but basically doing complete conversions, whether it be, you know, uh, renovation on park owned homes or uh, converting them into rent to own um, or, or, or just really cleaning up the park with the, and raising the rents and, you know, bringing it back all, all, all to market value. Um, so th- that's, that's our core. Um, you know, some, some, of the, some of the deals that we've done, you know, most of them are in North Carolina. Uh, we, we like major metro areas um, right out of Raleigh, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, MSA. Uh, so we have properties in, in Zebulon, North, uh, Zebulon, North Carolina, Lewisburg, Spring Lake. Those are the core, core areas that, that we like to invest in. Um, but, uh, you know, what I really, really recommend for anyone who's, who's trying to go after this asset class and, and try to continue to invest in mobile home parks is... is don't um, don't believe what the seller really gives you. Make sure you're doing your own due diligence. I mean, I've I've run into 
time and time and again, every single, like almost every single deal that we've gone after, there's just something that doesn't line up, whether it be the financials or, or the septic tanks or, or the well, or just, you know, you really need to do your due diligence. I mean, it's easy to just call an inspector for a single family house and just say, Hey, you know, tell me what's wrong with the house. Right. Um, but then with a mobile home park, there's just so many little, little things that you want to probably, you know, you want to look at the wells, you want to look at the infrastructure, you want to look at the, the homes. And, and since there's multiple units, uh, typically we, we, we purchase uh, 20 plus units uh, for, for the, for the home, uh, for the park size of it. Sure. Um, and, and with that being said, right, you want to, you really walk the park, really understand their financials, especially, you know, when, when it's a, uh, uh, a mom and pop owner, right? A lot of times the spread's just not there. They're, they, they have like receipts and like paper all over the place and they're not really able to gather it all. And also they, they don't have a proper tax return that we can really look at. So um, the big thing for us has just been spending the time creating the models and the processes around um, doing that due diligence. No, I agree completely. I mean, I think Ben Franklin said diligence is the mother of luck, right? So it's something to be said for doing it right. We've got a big checklist we go through on every single property. And I, I jokingly say, don't trust and verify. Don't trust anything from the sellers. I, you know, you get in the business long enough, you're going to hear, you're going to find and hear every story under the book. Um, I kind of chuckle because I'm, I was telling somebody last night, I'm about to close on a deal this week in a park in Illinois. And I'm completely trusting the seller, because, which is outside my norm. But the reason is I, I tied the park up, I don't know, eight months ago. And they told me there were some problems. I found some more problems. And, you know, I, ver I verified everything. And, you know, everything they said was true. And they're a, they were a father-son team. And my dad and we were a father-son team. We bought a park half a mile away. And then when okay. we ended up dropping that contract for other reasons, but it, it went around the block for six months. And now the price has become sensible. And he called me back and he said, Hey, it's yours if you want it. I was gonna, was like, I was gonna accept the seller guy's offer. I was gonna sell or carry, but I know you can deliver. So he gives a handshake deal. I don't even have the contract. We're, we're signing the closing statement with no contract. Like, wow, against lawyerly advice. But this guy's just like, I'm not doing a contract. You show up with the money and you're good. You know, I was like, and he paid for a survey and he was like, you know, and I'm and I'm literally trusting this guy because because I've because I verified stuff previously and I verified stuff now even some too, but. Um, and the pricing is right too. You can the risk reward analysis can uh, makes it okay. But yeah, I mean the, the the big thing for us. I mean, if if you're buying right, and whether I mean if you have investors or if you have other other people's money in it, if you're buying right and there's still some room to to work with, I think you're that's a, that's a that's a win win. Right? I mean, I, I'm I'm seeing folks, especially in Raleigh, right? Like there there's institutional money coming in. They're they're buying at like three cap and 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 and, and four cap, and I'm like how does this make sense? And especially for, for my side of it, right? Like I, I'm not getting debt. That's uh, basically 0% interest or, or whatever that is. Right. I'm definitely not an institutional buyer, but on the, on the flip side of it is, you know, making sure that we find opportunities that do make sense. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing folks that, that have lost money just because they're not doing due diligence. And then they, they, they come to us and say, Hey, we're trying to sell this thing and just offload it. And because we, we, we didn't, I guess, in, in my opinion, they didn't do their homework to, to figure out what was actually happening. Absolutely. Absolutely right. I'm, I'm under contract on, on right now in Nebraska and the people have only owned it for two years and they were investors. It's like, well, why are you doing this? Like, well, we didn't, we didn't really run the traps on this very well. And they were 
halfway across the country and they're like, yeah, it's kind of hard to manage it. So they're going to sell it at a loss, you know, and it's unfortunate. I have the biggest example I've run across. I bought a park in Kansas city about three years ago and it's got 93 spaces and there's 117 pedestals. And I said, what are those pedestals? Those are the expansion pedestal. That's for the expansion. And I talked to the city about it and the city goes, oh yeah, you can't use that expansion. I said, why not? They said, well, we were driving by one day, we saw all those pedestals and asked the owner, what are you guys doing? He said, well, we're putting in RVs because they're really, they're really close together. You can probably only get, you got probably got to limit the extra 20 or so down to like half, like 10 or 13. And the city said, oh, we don't allow RVs in this town. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the, the then owner goes, what? He goes, did you get permits? And the owner looks at the contractor. You got permits, right? I thought you were in charge of permits. $474,000 of electrical upgrades to rerun the line of electrical water sewer. And they never wow. pulled it and they never pulled a permit and it was, that, worth, and it was talk, worth. talk about a horror story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unbelievable. And I'm like, wow, you guys literally didn't do your due diligence and read the code or ask, they didn't even ask city planning or permitting. Like, so I, uh, I felt bad for those guys, but, um, I'm like, I can't give any money for that. It's not worth anything to me. It's in the way I got to mow grass around those things, you know, so they have negative value. So, and unless I can change the city of mind later, which is going to be pretty tough, but anyway, yeah, due diligence is key. Do you have any horror stories of your own on your, in your career here? Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, so we've had some learning lessons and we're trying to make sure this doesn't become a horror story, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly share it. So we have 76 units and, uh, uh, 76 lots in uh, Lewisburg, North Carolina. It, this, this property has a pond in the, yeah, it's a very small one acre or maybe even smaller pond in the back. Um, I, know we, I know where this is going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so we, for us, I mean, we, okay, a pond, a little lake, whatever it is, like, no, we didn't care about it. Um, you know, we looked at it, we said, okay, there's not, not going to be an issue. We, we didn't really pull any documents from the city and, and, because you know we other other our other properties they have they have ponds and um, no issue um, especially here in North Carolina but then uh, a few few months ago the dam safety folks in North Carolina send us a letter saying hey your uh, your dam or your, it, one your this pond is basically classified as a dam and it is considered high hazard. So now they want us to do an inundation study, an overlay mapping, and then basically want me to get like this environment, uh, not, not just an environmental, it's like a, a dam safety engineer to wow. classify this half an acre to an acre pond uh, saying that it's not gonna destroy a bunch of homes and other things if, if, if this pond just breaks, like if, if, if something happens to it and it floods all these homes. Did you, uh, that's not where I thought it was going. That's, that's uh, right. I thought you were telling me, yeah, and then it turns green in the, in the, the time. I thought it was a lagoon and you didn't realize it was a lagoon. But that was really bad. Oh no, yeah, that would have been even worse. Yeah. <laughs> did you get a baseball environmental on that part? Did that come up, was that an issue in there? Or did you not? Uh, it, it wasn't, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't need to get one. I mean, this, it's been a mobile home park ever since, you know, day one, it was like nine, 1900s or something like that, where um, this, this uh the the seller's dad or his grandpa or basically like he he's like this it go, it's it's been in the family line for so long where they owned it and they built this 76 unit lot right and 
this pond's just been there. They've never had an issue. Um, you know, the sellers are, they're, they're great guys to, to work with and they're super easy. Um, I mean, we got the survey, we got all the items done, but I don't even think, even if we did it phase one, I mean, on the environmental side of it, like, I don't think it would have caught anything. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Sometimes they catch those because it's a, you know, they, they call them a recognized environmental condition, but yeah. obviously it's not hazardous by its nature. But for example, a well that you drink mm-hmm. at, a drinking well will fail in phase one, or at least be called out of phase one because by its nature, anything that goes into it goes downward and goes into what was at least at one time a drinking source. So I wondered if a pond had some similarities on that where it would be flagged, but, and then if there's, and then the, but anyway, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. Pond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you, you, you never think that, okay, this is going to be a, a, a major issue uh, or, or possible major issue. I mean, this thing's pretty small. It's not really next to any homes, even if it, you know, started raining or if there was a little hurricane or anything like that, it's, uh, we, we don't see an issue with it because it's, it's basically, it, there's still, there's still an elevation difference. Right. Um, the, the, the pond's basically down below and then our homes are, are up top. So. Man, lessons, lessons learned, right? Lessons learned. Yes. That's and, and now, yeah. Now, now for us, I mean, for all the properties that we have, uh, that the pond's on, we're, we're like, well, let's, let's scatter. Let's make sure, you know, everything's just, it's clean. It's clear. There's no issue. It's, it's not considered a dam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Thanks. So that's a good one. What, what else do you got for us to provide? Anybody other t- lessons or tips you want to share? Um, yeah. I mean, I, me being in, in that, the, I've, I've, I have W2 role, right? So I think that's, that's been managing the W2 side of it, uh, having that day job and then also investing in real estate. I mean, that thing's, that's huge. I mean, a lot of listeners and uh, whether it be your listeners or other folks that are just interested in real estate and mobile home park investing, I, I think that's, um, that, that's, that's huge, right? I mean, it's, it's de- very difficult doing both, but I think my biggest recommendation to, to folks that, that are um, interested in real estate, starting out, whether it be just investing in mobile homes specifically or mobile home parks is, is really, you know, the skills that you're learning in, in the real estate side are certainly transferable to, to, the, to your W-2 role. Um, whether you're just starting out or, or you're trying to, um, you know, be a real estate professional and do this full time. I think both sides are, are certainly um, very, very, you know, the skills are transferable. What are, what, so for me, I'm an engineer, I'm a uh, product manager at an engineering firm. Um, and, you know, they, I'm, I'm learning the technical ins and outs of, you know, certain operations, uh, voice of customer, and I'm, I'm actually transferring that to real estate you know, trying to negotiate these contracts with our, with our uh, contractors and understanding the engineering behind, you know, the electrical and all that side of it with, with these homes. Um, so, the, and then from, from the backward side of it for, for mobile home park investing, where uh, me being able to negotiate, I'm actually able to save our company significant dollars uh, with, with our different vendors that we're utilizing. No, that's cool. No, I think that's great to take, you know, take skills from your prior life or from the current life at a different job and, and cross-train. I mean, cross-pollinate each other. That's great. I mean, I went a couple of years there. I didn't practice any law. I was doing retail development, and but I used my legal skills on a regular basis, on a, on a daily basis, and, and then vice versa. My negotiation skills, my market analysis, my business optics, things like that, they cross over, right? So MHP, you get lots of opportunities for, you know, personnel management, project management, process management, 
financial analysis, risk mitigation analysis, legal analysis, marketing, sales. I mean, there's just a whole myriad of operational tactics and strategies and processes that are necessary to run these little cities. That's what I call them. I mean, um, this is the operations business. I'm running, I'm running a city. Um, some of the city of 20, some of the city of 200, but uh, you know, I don't know of any mobile home parks that are 20,000, but you kind of, I used to work in government we'd, we'd run a County and I was in administration and there's, there's a million little things to do. And mobile home parks kind of like that, but, but the limited budget. Exactly. Exactly. That's, they don't have the power to tax. <laughs> but you have the power to build, build water back and, um, yeah, a little. Build, yeah. <laughs> depending if you have the wealth. Uh, I did look at a mobile home park one time that was actually individually plotted estates and they, and it was its own municipality of like 90. And I was like, I could literally vote myself mayor and impose the power to tax. It was unbelievable. Wow. Uh, Wow. 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 So was it like 90 specific parcels or like, wow. Okay. So so they had their own water system and stuff. It was crazy. Um, Yeah. I I imagine the, the title work on that is a, yeah, I, I, mean, I never got that far. I was super jazzed about it. It was a nice location, but uh, because they're individual parcels, the seller had been selling some of them for like 80000 a piece to individuals with a home loan. So oh, he, wow. he wanted to sell the last 60 He wanted some crazy number. I was like, well, I want to buy it as a park. And it's not yeah. a park. You know, so yeah, trying, trying to buy 80000 a pad is... <laughs> Is uh, it's quite quite crazy. So, what I'm interested in anything else from like your engineering background and project management that you can you can share that helps make your MHP operation more efficient? Yeah. So for for us, I mean, especially uh, learning that single family housing, the the flip fix and flips, we we actually gathered a, a good amount of we we built a lot of relationships with these uh, contractors. We actually use those contractors on on homes that we need renovated. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, right? These mobile homes are you're you're not trying to put granite countertops and you know crazy things in in them, but at the same time, they still have HVAC and things that you still need to um, uh, to, to to fix or, or to to replace. Um, so for us, I mean that 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 was really big. I mean a lot of our parks, you know, especially the ones that that had deferred maintenance, we had to replace HVACs or. or um, just fix them up. There's floors that are just destroyed. And, and the folks that, you know, were with us back in the day, they're here with us today, trying to work through a lot of the issues that, that we have in, on, on these, on these different homes. Uh, from, from the engineering side, I mean, my, my, with, with the electrical engineering side, I mean, that's, that's my, my background, electrical engineering and robotics. Um, great to have, um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not using that every, <laughs> every day by any means on, on the, the, the mobile home parks out of it, but a lot of the skills are still transferable, right? I mean, you got to get creative when, when you're, when you're trying to do your due diligence and cre- put, put together these packages, right. For, for the sellers and, and um, put together these deals. So for us, I mean, we're, we're still, we're still growing. We're, we're looking to continue to add, add units to our, to our portfolio. Um, right now, I think we have, we have about a 200 and, and a little bit more than that. Um, and then hopefully over the, the course of 2021 looking at about double, double that so um it's right. still still organic growth but uh you know we're, we're we're hungry we're we're out there we're trying to figure out how to how to continue to keep growing no that's great and i mean i tell people a lot of times you know being a smaller operator you're, you're going to have some advantages from being nimble you don't have the bureaucracy you don't have to go through the you know just the channels of command and and you can you can uh, react faster and you can react you know sometimes you can compete with the medium-sized players than the large players so uh, that's great 
Anything else before we go you want to share? Or if not, um, where can people find you? Sure. So um, definitely take a look at our website. It's uh, jaysinvestments.com, J-A-Y-S-I-N-V-E-S-T-M-E-N-T-S, investments.com. Um, and then uh, feel free to f- uh, follow me on LinkedIn, Apurva Shah, A-P-U-R-V-A, Shah, S-H-A-H. Um, yeah, looking, looking forward to connecting and, and seeing how I can add value. All right. Thanks, Apurva. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for it. Bye now. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.